0: Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR, talent, and leadership communities to you. For more episodes and the latest articles covering what's new in the world of work, visit hrgazette.com, subscribe and follow us on social media.
1: Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, and in this HR Chat, we're going to talk about ways to shift your company's focus to attract candidates in the right places with better online strategies. We're also going to consider findings that suggest that while salaries remain a key consideration during a time of high inflation and soaring prices, employee wellness remains front and center for many HR leaders. My awesome guest today is Jeff Webb, VP Solutions Product and Marketing Strategy over at iSolved, an employee experience leader providing intuitive people-first HCM technologies. Jeff is on a mission to help customers define a more human approach to HCM and HR tech. He does this by working closely with iSolved's tech marketing and go-to-market teams. With over 25 years of experience in the tech industry, Jeff is regularly cited in industry and business publications on a number of information technology trends, as well as executive leadership strategies. But he's never been on the HR chat show before, so uh, now that loop is closed. Jeff, welcome to the show today.
0: Bill, thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Me too, me too. So let's start by getting your macro view, a bit of an overview of, of what's happening at the moment in HR and talent, if you don't mind. And specifically, Jeff, Maybe you could talk a bit about what the role of technology is is doing in, in playing uh, in the workforce, so building the workforce of the future, and what are some of the big trends that you're seeing in HR technology at the moment? Yeah,
0: absolutely, Bill. So there is an awful lot going on right now. Clearly, you know, the last couple of years have upended an awful lot of what we assumed were norms around the workplace, around how people interacted with their employers, um, with each other, and and what they were looking for in in their job. And as a result, um, businesses are having to really redefine the way they think about engaging with their employees and what their employees are looking for, and how and where their employees are housed and they, how they interact with them. And those changes, of course therefore cascade into um, additional work, additional changes, additional pressures and challenges on HR departments who are already having to deal with this incredible upheaval that's just occurred. So um, at the moment, it's a a time of both incredible change and challenge, and then also, I think, redefinition. And yes, to your point, um, technology is clearly playing a part in how HR departments, HCM professionals, and businesses themselves think about the way that they work with their employees. You think about the the shift to hybrid work, uh, hybrid work models, hybrid workplaces where people are working from home or maybe working partly from home, and the technology implications of that. But the human implications of that um, are just as significant. So it's been a um, an incredible amount of change, and and so one of the things that's really bubbled out of all of that upheaval is a very specific, highly energized and renewed focus on the employee experience. How do we as a business, how do we as HR professionals and HR teams um, understand better what the employee experience is and how do we deliver a better employee experience? Because if we don't, the implications for that organization, for that business become uh, pretty dire, to be perfectly honest.
1: Okay, thank you very much. That was a pretty big couple of questions there to get going, Jeff. So uh, I'll try and go a bit easier on you later on, but I don't guarantee that. (laughs) (laughs) You you did speak a bit there about some of the key challenges that organizations are facing, but I'd like to delve into that a bit more with you now, if you don't mind, specifically around some of those key challenges being faced to engage employees more fully in online and in-person environments. Many, many employees are now going back to the office. Um, this doesn't look like another false start. This doesn't look like the, the the pandemic will continue. It does look like we're now at endemic stages, thank goodness. Um so so maybe maybe as part of that answer as well, Jeff, you could you could talk about a few of the the payroll challenges that companies are are facing.
0: The, as organizations sort of re reorient themselves around the new sort of workplace, the new models around you know, some employees coming back into the office, some working remote. You know, what happened over the past couple of years was Um, a lot of organizations became much more distributed just simply the nature that everyone's working from home you have a couple of things going on You have employees who are able to work for a different set of organizations that may not be geographically um, located where they are and the same thing that employers could now hire people uh, in a more remote model because many of their teams are already working remote so they were already geared up for that so you've got um because a much more distributed workforce in many, many cases. And so what you're thinking now is how do we keep those folks connected and engaged as we start to return back into some of the workforce coming back into the uh, into the office? And when you look at studies that have been done, there is a lot of pressure to kind of remain in this hybrid mode. That introduces a whole bunch of challenges, right? It introduces challenges around management style, challenges around information How do we understand how to engage with people? How do we make sure that people feel connected? And also the mechanics of um, simply running the business, HR process themselves. The HR teams become uh, really the sort of ground zero for for a lot of those changes that are occurring. They're also being required to do a lot more, uh, to be able to deal with a lot more complexity in how they manage people in, in supporting their business, in the tax implications, in the compliance implications, in the sort of the legal implications, and that's really also stressing them. Everything from to your point, very basic process like payroll, all the way through to career planning and succession management, and so on. And um, what we see as a response is a desire by those HR organisations to do a couple of things. One is to get more information so they can make better decisions, and the other is to automate a lot of the process. A lot of the manual processes were simply not going to scale into this new level of complexity. So having your HR team just hammering away on spreadsheets and you know notepads and things day in, day out isn't going to work anymore with, this, with the sort of scale that we're seeing in the number of different things they have to deal with. And so automation becomes really a big part of that, which is where technology starts to step in. And what technology does for them is it unshackles them from a lot of the day-to-day manual tasks that can become extremely, not only time consuming, but difficult to get right. And getting getting payroll wrong is very, very painful for everybody involved. And it's surprising when you look at the studies that it's a, an awful lot of organizations still say, you know, we, we regularly have to go fix uh, payroll runs. We made mistakes because people were working part time. People were, you know, weren't working the same hours that we would expect them to. There were people on different shifts were people working in different departments. Um, so automation starts to clear up those problems and reduce the workload and reduce the error rate and then allows your HR team to start to do what they're really good at, which is actually to focus on the human aspects of this, not the process aspects. and To really focus on advising and steering your business um, towards you know, a better employee experience, uh, you know, a, a better ability to find and bring on board the right people, better ability to retain and develop the right people, all the things that HR should be focusing on now. Um, and not focusing on just the mechanics
1: of operating a business. You can't beat a few stats. And today, my goodness me, we've got some stats to to analyze uh, for your listeners. So I solved serves around 145,000 140, employers. So there's lots of data points that are available to you and your team, Jeff. And yeah. um, I'd now like to take a little bit of time with you to get your team's analysis of some some findings from a recent iSolved survey of around 500 hr leaders um so point by point i'm going to take you through some of the key findings and ask you some questions about those okay firstly 49% of companies are being negatively impacted by the great resignation and 56% say that retaining talent was more difficult over the last year not a massive surprise the great resignation has made things very complicated but what are the day-to-day effects jeff of of losing one's top people and struggling to replace them in a timely manner yeah it's um
0: it's absolutely brutal so i think the, the thing is you you know some of the other things we saw as we started to do these surveys around um Employers and employee experience. We, we run multiple surveys every year as we watch sort of both sides of the perspective of an HR leader and, an, uh, and the employee perspective. A huge percentage of employees are also thinking maybe it's time to move. So you see, you know, about half of companies looking at uh, looking back over the last couple of years and going, we've lost a lot of really good people. The concerning trend is that almost half of the employees that we've surveyed are also saying they're still thinking about whether they should be looking for another job or not right now. They're still considering that. So the great resignation is sort of becoming an ongoing process that, that organizations are dealing with. And um, you know it's a, it's, a, it's both a great resignation and sort of a great relocation. People are also moving jobs, which means that you now have your HR teams um, struggling to do two things. One is to, to understand how to better retain people and two, to be incredibly, um, you know, overworked and overstressed around bringing new people in and ramping them up and understanding what the implications of that are. And if you think of any business, any business of, it doesn't matter what size you are, um, if you're facing the potential of losing, you know, 30, 40% of your workforce over the next year, maybe as much as half of the workforce, that is potentially a devastating blow to your capacity simply to operate as you want to operate. Um, it is a you know a huge drag on your productivity it is a huge drag it's an incredible cost of course there's actually you know significant cost to both losing people and then having to replace and retain and uh, re- retrain them as they come on board um and that's just you know an immense competitive disadvantage the The interesting thing though is you know like in all things in life, for those businesses that were already set up well. To, to do a good job of retaining and developing their people. For those that have actually been less impacted by the great resignation, you now start to see actually that becomes an incredible competitive advantage because they retain that, sort of, you know, the, the knowledge of the individuals, they retain the processes, that can actually scale and grow. So yes, it's very, very painful for businesses who face um, losing really good people. And a lot of businesses are facing that and have faced that. Uh, but for those that can get it right, for those that can, can tune the way they interact with their employees. And for those that are better understanding what drives retention, then they're actually in a good position. There actually is a very positive here um, for them to continue to grow and recover faster, right? So they can get at, they can really accelerate ahead and away from, from competitors and it becomes a lot less painful for them. To do that, you know, you need better, you've got to have some good information about what really matters to your employees. You've got to be able to have the tools in place to support them. You've got to have the process and the mindset in place to engage with them and develop the, a good employee experience. But if you can get it, it's, uh, you know, that can be a really good thing for you.
1: Now, another one of the findings from, from the from the survey was as follows. 56% of HR leaders don't think there's anyone to blame for the great resignation. And mm-hmm. instead, it's a sign of an evolving job market. Uh, I would agree um, you know uh, look at the rise of the gig economy for example um, oh no hang on I'm, I'm giving the answer away here uh, because my next question for you is <laughs> <laughs> evolving evolving how Jeff and as part of that maybe you can share how has the growth of hybrid and remote working changed yeah. the ways that companies attract and engage their talent?
0: yeah it is it, there is a it's a, it, it's a Evolution bordering on, on, on revolution, I think, you know, I, I, you look back to history and I would say that I don't think there has been a, a point in time since potentially the industrial revolution in which the nature of the way people thought about and did jobs and you know, engaged with employers has changed as dramatically as it has over the past couple of years. It's been a complete reevaluation. And it's it's a combination of yeah, this technology has arrived at at sort of the capacity to support that change already, Um, and then the the sort of the pandemic forced us to go through a whole series of changes, and as a result, the sort of and you know that combined with this sort of moving wave of changing expectations, some of which is driven by just simple demographic changes in the in the workforce, all of those sort of you know arrive together. Uh, reinforcing each other and forcing this change to occur. So I think, yes, you can't pin the, the sort of the great resignation on any particular, uh, you know, no one's particularly to blame, no thing, individual thing is particularly to blame. And I think even, you know, the great, re- just referring to it and thinking of it in terms of the great resignation itself don't think really does it justice. It's not just about people going through a one-time change, I'm going to change my job and then we're going to sort of somehow settle back into how things were. I don't think that's what we're seeing anymore. I think we're seeing a, you know, um, a sort of a great redefinition of, of what the workplace needs to look like. And yes, gig economy, absolutely. People are much more able now to um, go apply their skills and capabilities, whatever they may be, in multiple places because of the... The combination of technology and the unshackling, from a geographic perspective, of um, where you work and who you work for, because businesses are now set up to have much more distributed workforces, and I think the businesses themselves are now saying, "Well, you know, there's this incredible talent out there that that are now set up to be available to plug right into the uh, our organisation, into our workforce, into our sort of infrastructure." And so as a result, we can go out and reach people that perhaps potentially would not have been available to us in the past because we're already set up um, from supporting our existing workforce. So you have in the, the ability for businesses to go find really, really great employees and bring them in because they're set up to do so. And you have the employee with a workforce sort of out there looking for um, great opportunities that you know may not just be around the corner or just a you know, 45 minute commute away. That said, of course, what it means then is, you know, now everybody's competing for the best talent in um, it's a, almost a global sense. And that means that, again, that the pressure now is increases, the, the need to bring people on board and to nurture them and to look after them and to retain them and to develop them is that much greater. But if you can, you have a much richer field of talent to draw from when you're a business if you're set up to do so.
1: Your survey also found that overworked employees and burnout is the main threat to to culture. And 75% of respondents said that EX employee experience has become a broader company culture initiative, uh, with the top reason being that they are they are concerned about employee wellness. Um, 83% say that EX is a top priority this year, with the number one reason being to reduce employee stress because it's important to them talk to us a bit about this now, and um, perhaps also as part of your answer, you can share your thoughts on how our eyes have been opened over the last couple of years to to being more uh communicative with with employees for for respecting where people are coming from, understanding perhaps that people are going through their own challenges, their own stresses their own anxieties.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things I will say um, I love about I sold you know, company where I work. We we are very very you know we're an H we're an HCM company right? We're, we we live and breathe the technology and the services around this. And for us, uh, our culture is very very much one of focusing on enabling the individual to 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 sort of be their best, but also to support them um, and to ensure that we try to reduce the, the impact and stresses and strains of. Things like you know the risk of burnout and so on, and it's that model is a really really powerful and effective one. Um, yes, burnout is is an incredible threat to organisations. You know we talk a lot about when we look at the results of surveys. People leave because they're offered more money. People leave because you know they, they see another job opportunity. The, the reality is those are often those are often the reasons that are given, and they certainly are drivers of behaviour, but but it is the process of burnout. It is the stresses and strains of managing all the things we've been through over the last couple of years and the changes that have, that have occurred in the workplace and the work environment that loosen the bonds between an employer and an employee such that they become more receptive to an outside offer. Right? They become more receptive to somebody else coming in and saying, well, I'll, just, I'll give you more money just come work for me. Um, and it's that you know that, that loosening of the bonds that, that people should be very focused on right now which is how do I reduce the stresses and strains? How do I reduce the risk of burnout? That is the downside, I think, of the kind of the remoteness um, of the workplace as we've moved into hybrid, is it becomes much harder to engage on the human level with your teams. It requires a very deliberate, definite effort. And also it requires that the, you know, the HR team is working with the rest of the business to understand that, that burnout is a problem and to reduce the, the risk of it by giving them the information they need to make good decisions around what actually matters to their employees and what things are actually working and not working, making changes to the number of hours that we expect people to be online, making changes to the way that managers interact with their employees, making changes to the benefits and the support that employees um, receive. Those things are critical. And it, you know, one thing we do see as a trend with all of the companies we work with is this, this sort of moving to think about the whole employee and wellness in you know, a sort of every aspect of them both sort of financial wellness of course but also just sort of mental wellness and just the sort of the whole sense of, of embracing them as a whole person because um, that's who you, you know that's who's going to deliver value to you as a business so you have to look after them and you have to build a culture top down that that focuses on the fact and accepts the fact that you must have a um, a mindset that nurtures and, and develops and looks after your employees not simply sees them as some kind of strange fungible asset where you can swap people in and out because you know what
1: you can't so i understand that employee referrals reported were well reported by the 500 respondents to be the most valuable recruiting tool makes sense people trust other mm-hmm. people right uh, how can how can companies then better market their employer brand in ways that include getting more online presence from from employee advocates from their partners and of course from existing clients
0: yeah absolutely it is a it is a huge opportunity it's interesting what we see sort of emerging as a you know sort of a partnership in this is the sort of traditional hr organization very focused on the sort of the you know had been traditionally very focused on the mechanics of, of management of people and now narrow Becoming much more of a sort of strategic function, thinking about how do we manage through the process of uh, finding bringing on board the right people and building the right culture. And then the marketing organization, people like you know, myself, and um, helping HR build and tell the story around what a great place this is to work and using all of the traditional channels and sometimes non traditional channels that uh, that marketing is used to reach its audiences in the past. It just happens that the audience now is a somewhat different audience. It isn't an audience of prospective customers for what you sell. It's an audience of prospective employees you wish to bring on board. And the thing to think about in, in this aspect is exactly the same way you would think about any sort of marketing campaign, because that's ultimately what this has to be, is you know, you you need, first of all, a very clear and consistent story to tell. Let's talk about the culture. Let's talk about what a great place this is to work and understand what that looks like. And then you have to tell it repeatedly and consistently through a number of different channels and tell it over time. So don't, it isn't a, a single, you know, one time, let's run a quick advertising campaign and tell everybody this is a great place to work. That won't do it for you. It has to be about, you know, consistency and focus around continuing to tell that story, identifying the... Um, the stories of people that you know. I came into the the organisation as uh, you know working on the front desk, and now I'm you know director managing uh, this part of the business over here. I came in and I had this set of challenges, and they helped me overcome that, and now I'm able to be successful doing this. Find those stories inside your business, find those people that are comfortable telling it, and have the marketing department support you in the process of structuring and telling that story through social media, through your own website. Uh, through third-party channels, you know, and advocate for your own employees to advocate for you through the third-party sort of you know employee um, rating sites. Have them reach out to their social networks and just say, "You know, this is a great place to work. If you're looking for a job, come tell us. You know, we we're looking for good people. If you're a good person, you want this, come do that, and work with your partners to do the same thing. And you know, just be sort of be very. Deliberate and focused around telling the story of yourself as a business, and most companies don't do that very often. Right? They they will typically want to talk about stuff we do for our customers, things we sell, stuff we build. Um, they don't. They're not comfortable. It isn't muscle memory they yet have on building and telling the story around what a great place this is to work. But if you're putting all that effort into building a great place to work, tell it because that accrues over time. You get you gain that reputation. In people's minds that's actually a really good place to work out here they look at they really look after people people there love to
1: work there and they will find you they will come to you in let's be let's be kind shall we in 90 seconds or less and maybe to <laughs> to, to summarize <laughs> to, to, to summarize some of the things that we have spoken about today and you know, based on the one hundred forty five thousand employers that i sold serves so beyond just the survey what would you say are some of the key characteristics of successful hr departments as they build for the future Go. Yeah, but, <laughs> <let's start off. laughs>
0: so yeah you know i see really i would say three key characteristics for an hr department that, that has been successful so far in weathering the storm and is is doing well coming out of this and really building something for the future and i think the first of those is they, they're very agile i mean they, they've they were able to turn very quickly and respond quickly to changes in pressures from the business and changes in the market and changes in expectations. They have to be. So agility in your HR is is huge uh, and is often delivered by, you know, automating the the manual and helping them really focus on the important stuff. I think the second is if you're going to be agile and make fast decisions, you've got to make good decisions. So I would say data driven, kind of information biased, um, you know, focused on the, the data is really, really, is really important. So data-driven is huge. I um, need, need to have a good understanding of what's going on and why. And I need to be able to drive that information, uh, the output of that information, the, the sort of the wisdom that, der- that derives from that to shape the strategy for my business. And then I think the third is obvious. I think the third has been, you know, they're just, they're very focused on employee experience. They're employee experience centers. So they're highly agile. They're very data-driven. They're focused on employee experience and they're becoming, uh, they're moving away from being tactical and operational and becoming much more strategic and shaping transformation in the business. That's that's the future for the HR organization.
1: Perfect. Thank you. And just finally for this interview for today, Jeff, how can our listeners connect with you? And so you're a cool guy in the digital world. I bet there's loads of ways, you know, so for example... (laughs) Old fashioned email, LinkedIn. I bet you're all over Twitter and Instagram, probably even TikTok. I would imagine. I bet you've got a big TikTok following. And also, how can they learn more about all the cool things happening over at iSolved? Yeah, I'm
0: not really sure I would recommend them towards my TikTok, to be honest. Um, I would say that uh, definitely, I would, you know, obviously through LinkedIn, you know, myself and, and, and the other folks at iSolved are very visible on LinkedIn. And as you would expect us to be, we're very proud about the place we work obviously our website you know isoldhcm.com there's a lot of information there about the technology and the services that help businesses make this transformation so you know that's a great place to start come and learn uh, about the things we're doing for that 140,000 businesses that we uh, we help make that transformation I just talked about it, actually
1: perfect well that just leaves me to say for today jeff i've had a great time chatting with you uh, you had lots of interesting things to share that survey Yeah, provided lots of uh, helpful information. So I would encourage our listeners to check it out. And there will be, of course, links in the show notes. Um, But just for today, Jeff, thank you very much for being a guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show.
0: Thank you, Bill. I really enjoyed it.
1: And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working.